Football without fans is nothing. It can be the greatest game in the world. If there are no people there to watch it, it becomes nothing. We were magnificent, magnificent. Larson, always oh, in. Hendrik Larson, that is sensational. Nakamura. The game is over. The Rebels have won. He's done it. Jarvis put it in, and without a doubt, the European Cup is on its way. Stop at half time and we'll stop at the end of the game when we celebrate. All right, guys, what's happening? Another episode of the Jungle Jones podcast, Sunday, the 13th of February, and we've just witnessed Celtic play. Uh, Great for us, Gav. Great for us, mate. Four now, four now. Um, how are you guys doing? McGinty and Paddy in the house. What's happening, guys? Um, better after seeing a 4 0 victory, mate. I thought we were going to uh, have one of the turgid nights again, but a wee bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance. But I fuck it, 4 0 victory, that'll do it. And at the semis, happy days. I uh, not bad, fully agree with Paddy. A Jekyll and Hyde performance from first half to second half. Um, but I think there's a lot to digest and a lot of reasons for that. But 4 0 win, comfortable into the next round. Aye, aye, I think that's the main thing to take away from it. It's a cup competition. The main thing is we're through to the next round. But what I was thinking, like, see, it, when it was like 1 0 and it was a wee bit kind of stale, I was thinking if we coast to victory at 1 0 here, there's not going to be that many talking points. It's just going to be one of those ones where you're glad to go over the line. But after seeing the second half performance and the changes, it actually throws up a lot of talking points. Quite interesting. But, uh, the, the starting lineup, um, it's one of the ones where we've got the European game ahead of us. So, to the viewers uh, who are actually watching, please check out the last episode that we did, the last podcast. It's the breakdown of the Bodo Glimp game. So, hopefully, you can watch that. We had a very, uh, we had a very exclusive with a guy who not only works for Bodo Glimp, but he's a fan of them and he also does their podcast. So, check it out and that'll give you a, a kind of breakdown of what we anticipate to happen for this coming Thursday. Gav, Gav, I've just, Gav, I've got a couple of wee comments already, mate. Uh, something for a couple of new guys as well. So, just to anybody that hasn't done it, if he's uh, jump onto the, the YouTube page, give a wee quick like and a subscribe. Makes all the difference to us. Uh, Kevin Mullen, good second half. Job done. Jota the difference. Hail, hail. Absolutely, mate. Thank you. Gary Greer, Jota makes such a difference. So, I think that's a kind of... A common opinion already. Uh, Kevin, 14, how we doing, pal? Happy days, no injuries. Uh, Minty's up next. Where are we? Scoreline flattered us, Imo. Job done, but we were very frustrating. Delighted for Jackie Marcus getting a goal and Julian making a turn to action. Absolutely, mate. And we're going to get on and speak about that. Uh, Ronaldo, 1888, watched it. Class, talking about the, the Bodo Clumped uh, podcast. The Big Toothbrush, we all know where that nearly went. Uh, Kevin Carr, not sure if everyone is the same, but I can hear you, but not see you. It's a blank screen. I think it's just yourself, mate. I don't know what's the problem there. Uh, Kevin 14 again. Going to watch Bodo Pod before Super Bowl tonight. That's not bad. Thanks very much, Paul. That sounds like a cracking Sunday night, if you ask me, mate. Um, right. We'll go into the lineup, but I guess the main thing is Julian actually came on uh, in the second half uh, after an absence of 
13 months. McGinty, how happy are you with him actually coming on? And was it one of the ones before? Because he's been on the bench for a few games now, but we we never had that kind of comfort level yet to actually bring him on or to start him. But at that point, we were like 3-0 up. And that was the kind of comfort level that maybe Ange Bossacoglu needed before he could actually uh, throw him in. So what was your, your overall impressions of Julian coming back? It's a very happy day for him. Mate. I think it's very happy days to see him come back into the team and eventually see him back on, on the pitch. It's been far too long. He's, he's definitely a quality defender for Celtic and for us to have as a third-choice rotation with Starfield and... Carter Vickers, I think that's brilliant to have that depth there, along with Welsh, who's getting the odd game time as well to step up. I think we've got four cracking defenders that <clears throat> having them back now, we can use them to rotate into the squad and build up the defensive kind of cohesion going into the, the start of next season. And hopefully we don't need to play qualifiers, so we won't need them to be you know ready at that instance. But hopefully it means we can start the season strong again next year. We are a solid backline because it's great and, to have the back. And Paddy, why do you think it is that Welsh started ahead of Julian tonight or this afternoon? Do you think it's because Welsh is still ahead of him in the pecking order? Or until you see Julian kick a ball in anger on the park, then you don't really know what he's going to give you yet? What, what's your thoughts, mate? Well, obviously, it's a manager's choice, mate, and I think he's made the right choice. If you look at Welsh, Welsh has come in and deputised when he's had to do this season. Obviously, Julian's been out since December 2020, so everything about Julian's return was going to be about easing him back in at the best possible time. And I think giving him minutes towards the end of the match, you know, when it's comfortable, as you said, you're not getting kind of an onslaught of attacks against you where he's going to have to come in and be, basically be thrown into the fucking deep end right away. Play Welsh because he's played a few games so I, in that sense, he's probably ahead him in the pecking order as it stands but he's come on later on in the game, he's got the minutes, he's got the return, he's got a great welcome and you can see the relief on his face, you know, that he's finally back in action so great big positive for us and uh, I hope, I, I hope it's a, I hope it's a successful return but We'll talk about that a wee bit later on, I'm sure. Aye, well, going into the game, um, we'd previously beaten Alawa of League One, so it was a bit of a step up in class. We're we'll facing Wraith Rovers fourth in the Championship, and obviously Wraith Rovers were out with her, without that penetration of uh, Goodwillie today, so it might have been a little bit easier for us. And um, we'd actually faced them back in September here, if Frankie Boyle can say shit, that I'm sure I can get away with it. <laughs> Uh, we we actually played them back in um, September. That was three 0 at Park and um, mm -hmm. the Premier Sports Cup. Um, so I I any any surprises you, for you guys for the lineup? So you can see it there on your screen. We've got Hart and Goals. Um, although we did have Barkas and Bain on the bench, mm. you've got you've got um, the rotation of the fullbacks again. Uh, Rouse and the Scales at the fullback. You've got Welsh and Cameron Carter Vickers. And then in the midfield, you've got Hatati, Beaton, and Rogic. And quite notably, I would say that Hatati is the only one with a bit of pace in the, the midfield there. I thought Beaton actually had quite an assured game. I'm, I'm happy with Beaton. I think he's been quite a reliable presence. And Rogic is Rogic. Um, Micah Johnson and Forrest on the wings. And Jack Amakis. Um, any any surprises from either of you guys about that starting lineup, or is it quite predictable considering the calibre of opposition we had today? I thought I thought Vickers would have uh, Vickers would have been get rested today, and Starfield would have played beside either Welsh or Julian. But it was it's one of the ones you could have took either on it. But I'd have preferred uh, Vickers to get 
the rested, but that is what it is. Uh, Johnson, I was a wee bit surprised because I thought maybe Maeda would have started wide to see how that worked with a, with a target man and, and, and Jack Amakis. But Johnston played, um, obviously, for his speed, his speed and his, uh, his penetration well, on paper and Forrest as well for the experience as well as the, the, the what he can add to the game. But as it stands now, they two are fucking useless. Uh, and I well, don't, and I, I don't want to be too I don't want to be too uh, disparaging towards them, Gav. But my God, man, Johnson gets Johnson gets opportunities, right? It's a shame that the wee guys get legs made of Weetabix, but even at that, he's got a fucking heart like a KP peanut, man. He just doesn't do it. He doesn't. He doesn't try enough. Forrest is Forrest is finished, man. He's he's ah uh, he's done. Um, bye. Well, in the group chat, I was asking when is Forrest's contract up, um, and, and we think it might be the end of next season. McGinty, going into it, was it one of those games where our, our first 11 is almost, almost established? So is that one of those occasions where Forrest and Mikey J, they, they had to kind of take the bull by the horns and make a statement? And I think it's probably fair to say they didn't make a statement. I, I think that's extremely fair, Gavin. Um, I've been a Big fan of Mikey Johnson for the whole potential and the, the hype that he's, he's going to overcome his little niggling injuries and step it up one day and shows the player that we all expect and thought that he could have been at one point. But for me, today was that was a final straw for me. He he shows for the ball. He, he can see that he wants to do something, but he's just no got it. There's, everybody knows to put two men on him and he can't get pied two men. And unfortunately, when you play for Celtic as a dominant team in this league, and a large part of the time's dominant teams in European football as well, when you come to collect qualifiers and stuff, if you can't cope with two men marking you as a winger for Celtic, you're not going to cut it. Because that's going to happen all day long. And then some, you've got your three players on, you've got four players on you. You look at the difference when Jota comes on, night and day. Um, but for me, the, the real final straw within the game was when he went off and it turned out that he actually pulled up with another injury of some sort again. Nah, that's it. He, he's far too injury prone. He can't control himself. Not, not control himself, strong word. He can't beat two men, basically. And he's too injury prone. Time to move on. It was a familiar story, unfortunately. You know, he kind of flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, and then he comes off. It was like dead. T- not even 10 minutes in, into the second half. And he comes off with a, an innocuous injury. Um, but we don't want to see people feel. Uh, there's nothing more exciting from a Celtic fan's point of view is an exciting winger, like a homegrown winger. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's now he's at least 22, coming up for 23 if he's not already. Yeah. And again, I don't know his contract situation, but um, I would be surprised at, at this rate if it would ever get renewed. Uh, do you guys remember Big Ange shouting like fuck in that first half? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant to see this, so it's brilliant. Probably after our, our first goal, after the first goal, but um, the after the first goal went in, um, the, the, the play just became like turgent, turgent, laborious, and then uh, we, we passed the ball back at one point when we were already in our first half, and you could really hear Angie's voice coming through in the microphones, man. That's probably the first time I've heard them really kind of lose it. See, see, an, see an old defence for the players now. I'm relatively close to the stadium, as you know. The weather the day has been fucking horrendous. It's been pushing a rain. It's just fucking about 
four o'clock this morning. It's heavy rain. It's muddy. It's 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 causing mud issues. So obviously, like the ball's going to drag a bit slower. So you can maybe understand for that reason the play being a bit slower. But definitely after the goal went in, you could see kind of there was a. They started to play a wee bit more kind of conservative. They did they keep up the up to the levels. They did they keep pressing and keep the high intensities if, if and where they could. So that's probably why uh, Ange was, was going fucking berserk on the touchline. And that's great to hear that. Absolutely great to hear that. Because even for a minute against a lesser opponent in a cup game where you're already winning, the manager's still demanding more. He's still on your case. And this is a guy who, excuse me, has already said that he doesn't do too much kind of verbalising on the touchline. He likes to just stand and watch. So if he's felt that that, is something that's really annoyed him that he's had to actually interject and fucking dive in and start shouting him in the middle of a stadium. Then that's right. a that's a sign of a really really good manager for me. Somebody that's still demanding mail and wants mail. But I just say that was that was after the goal, Gavin. Obviously, it was big skills that scored it, and that was a belter. And what happened was he, he, he cut in, he cut inside for the kind of central area, collected the ball across the goal on his left foot and fucking unleashed a howitzer by the goalkeeper, a brilliant, brilliant goal. But do you know what? That was very, very pleasing for me. Obviously, the, the aspect they opened the game with the goal, it was a cracking goal. But see, this season, I've noticed a lot that we're starting to take on more shots for the outside. Right, if you compare that with last season, when every single time we got the ball, we tried to walk it into the net and we missed up so many opportunities and so many goals because we're trying to fuck about and play with this fancy tapping shape. You know what I mean? We could have been standing in front of the goal and still want to pass it fucking back and forward with the goalie. But this season, we're just trying fuck to go and get the goals. We're shooting for anywhere, and it's great to see. Yeah, it probably winds up uh, Ryan Christie as well, because you hear <laughs> about a, a one-man strategy of, like, shoot on sight. Um, Paddy, Paddy, you mentioned the weather just there, and the, the weather's been crap all day. It's been raining non-stop. Um, I was actually watching... I just remembered that when I was like watching the, the game and I re- recognised uh, Wraith's um, strip. I watched them on BBC at Alba a couple of weeks ago playing Morton Green at Morton at, at Morton's ground and the weather was even worse in that game and Wraith were right up for the fight. So I don't think the weather phased them whatsoever. No. It probably, it probably phased a few Celtic supporters going to the ground as you can see for attendance. Uh, McGinty, what was your thoughts on the way that uh, Wraith kind of battled for the ball at every opportunity during, like, especially the first half, because they kind of quietened the, the crowd a bit? Uh, it, it was fair. They they were a wee bit rougher than I, I would like them to be. You know, goes without saying. But I like when a team wants to get at us because it's too easy for teams to, to be scared of a Celtic lineup. Especially if we start with Jaw and Abada and Jim Akers up top, who again had a good game today and deserved his goal. But when you start on the back foot against a Celtic team in form, it's all too easy for opponents to to stay on that back foot, and we can be relentless. So it's quite good to see when teams do try and give us a, a go, because that inevitably is only going to make us better by having to actually combat that in itself which will inevitably hopefully help us be uh, more, more equipped for European games. By no means I'm saying Rafe Rovers are European level outfit, of course not, but I like when they have a go, as long as we still mm. win 4-0 at the end of it. Aye, yeah, listen, like- all, all, all credit to Rafe Rovers, by the way, I thought they, they, they were really good at some points. They tried to they tried to play football the right way, even though they're coming up against a far superior team at their, their own 
home stadium, you know what I mean? So I um and it's not really the it's not really the type of football you would expect for a guy like John McGlynn, no offense to him, but he's not really an attacking minded guy, you know what I mean? He's quite uh kind of static in his approaches, you know, just wants to kind of break away at points. But aye, fair play to him. But we've got a, a lot of comments here, guys. Just gonna try and bring them up quickly. Uh we can get into them. Uh, Joe Curran, another game dealt with not our best, but top of the league into the next round, so all going well. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, Ronaldo, do we need another left and right mid before we have a team? Obviously, that's kind of coming with the Johnson and Forrest issues. Uh, where are we? Sorry, guys. Kenneth, Kenneth Watson, was it the lack of atmosphere that the game went flat after we scored? I would say the lack of atmosphere. Obviously, the the, the north stand was closed today because of the, the north north curve. Aye, so you, so you never had any of the Green Brigade boys here, and if any of the north curve. So clearly, that's that is a, a, an issue when they guys are there. There is a lack of support, but I don't think that that was that much of an importance today. You know, I mean, it, it was just it was just a lack of a lack of oomph for some of the players. But big Ange obviously got torn into them and sorted that out at half time. Uh, Kevin Mullen, good to see the striker strikers scoring good for the confidence plus big bonus goals over all the team. Uh, Miller time, another new commenter. Mikey Johnson is one of the players that I bet are absolutely world class in training, but can't take it into a game. Aye. Here's a good comment here, Gav. Sorry, uh, Alex Anderson. Uh, standards have slipped a bit in the last two games, but still getting results. We need to pick it up again. Big games coming up. I, I definitely can agree with that, but go back to what we were saying about Ange on the touchline. He's not usually a verbal kind of guy, but there he is. Noticing, even under bad conditions with the weather and stuff, he's noticing that standards are slipping. He's noticing that we are on the back foot, that we are passing the ball back. He doesn't want that. He's, mm. And he's not going to be content in just allowing that to happen. You saw under Rogers, even Dialer, and definitely under Lennon at times, far too happy to play possession football and keep it around the back line and win a game 1 0. That's not Ange's way. That's not the Celtic way. McGinn, did you remember whenever it happened under Rogers and the fans would kind of get on the team's back and Rogers would tell the fans, don't do that because we're playing it back to build up a new attack? That that was his kind of. Aye, totally fucking potential shite. Nah, get the ball. You've got the better players. Get forward to score a goal, please. Guys, I've just seen a, I've just seen a comment that's obviously came from Ange and the the presser after the game. Uh, Ange, when asked about the squad, quote, "This squad is nowhere near the level of my expectations." Ooh, what do you think, ooh. Do you think about that? What was the context? Was there a question behind it? I'm sure. I don't, I don't know, mate. I've, I've only got a, a clip of the, the actual comment. Just says, I'll just repeat that again in case anybody missed it. Ange, when asked about the squad, quotes, This squad is nowhere near the level of my expectations. That's brilliant. I, I, I think that's a wee, I think that's a wee nudge, nudge. Sorry, Gavin. I think that's a nudge to the uh, to the board again into the transfer dealings and going into next next summer. And I know we all praise and give credit to the, to Nicholson and Ange and the scouting team and all rest for bringing the players in that they have, and they have. And Ange has made comments already that he's got depth to make rotations and changes. But I think today, as we've said at the start of this podcast, Johnson and Forrest, with all due respect to Forrest, he's been an absolute legend for the club. He's not at the races anymore. Neither is Johnson. And they're your first two backups to 
Jota and Abada. The depth isn't there completely. So I think that's a, a good kick up the ass to the players and a kick up the ass to the board. We're no we're no done yet. Paddy, could you bring that up as a banner, please, for us with like Ange and Verticomis, the the they're all shite or whatever whatever he said. Kind of but mm-hmm. uh, I'll just rattle through a few so many of the comments, guys, because they're, they're flying in the new. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. Not take the time to post them in. Uh Sorry, uh, Celtic boy. I'll, I'll just read a few of them, guys. Celtic boy, this hard watch pattern is what got Ronnie the sack. Yep. Cooking with Chef Die. Jota was outstanding. Uh, Sean Ross says that the draw is tomorrow night. I'll need to double check that because I don't actually know. Per- terrible. Uh, Dermot Celtic Rabito. Great to see Julian back before Europe, but our first half way to a clunky, slow. Do you think they will bear the wrath of Ange this week in training? Um, 100%. Pff, aye, I would think so. Gone with the, the comments. Celtic boy, don't want to hear comments like that from your manager doing a title race. Hmm, that's a wee one going against the grain of the, the, the ideas here so far. What do you think about that? Do you think it's... I, 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 want, to hear, I, I want to hear the interview to hear about the context behind it. Um, like He could have been talking about his vision for Celtic and just say, yeah, we're not yeah, at that. At that, that level, I think right. that's more that, that's more kind of easy on the eye. Those type of comments, rather than like just saying, "No, they're nowhere. They're completely off it." So right. think- and here and here's here's Minty coming in with a comment to kind of touch on that. Gav, I read Angie's comment post match as being unhappy at the standard of play from the current players, but I agree we need more depth. I think we're in big trouble if CCV and Jota don't sign permanently. Gotta agree trouble. again, Minty, especially with Jota. Then that's what I'm saying. If Jota doesn't sign next season. What we fall back on, Johnson? I know, I know, I know. We're, we're, we're kind of hitting the reset in terms of the progress that we've made and with uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers as well. Guys, in terms of whenever we talked at the start of our podcast about uh, are we going to win the league, one of the points that I was raising for my, my own um, opinion was we, we can match Rangers with our first 11, as we just shown there in the 3-0 victory a couple of Wednesdays ago, but one of the, the sticking points for me, that the biggest factors is going to be the strength and depth now, I thought that we had the depth there, and to an extent, to an extent we do. So if we are playing a full uh, best 11, and then you throw in, say, Scales instead of Taylor, or Rouse instead of Josip Granovic, then the, the strength and depth is not going to be truly tested. They, they'll, they'll fit in better whenever they're playing in a strong team. But if you take out so much and put in a lot of your reserve players, then that strength and depth is going to be tested. It's going to, if you shine it under a microscope, then you're going to see the cracks. And that's probably what we've seen tonight. And there's, 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 Kevin, there's Kevin touching on that as well, Gavin. He's saying what Andrew's referring to is some players not doing what he demands uh, of them. Remember, it's his system of piss off. That's quite blunt, but I like it. Uh, I, think, I think possibly what he's doing is he's, in my opinion, is he's maybe any comments towards maybe not so much Mikey Johnson as harshly. Obviously, it's going to be towards Mikey, I think. But I think it's more to the likes of guys like Forrest. Now, you look at James Forrest, right? 31, I think he is. He's due his testimonial this year. He's been there and done it at every level with Celtic. He is one of the most frustrating football players at times for Celtic and the day he was really really fucking poor everything that he did he slowed the game down he was very indecisive and you look at that one where he cut inside 
from the right hand side and he ended up he, he was literally dancing about in the box. He was trying to beat fucking four, five, six, seven men instead of you know using that fucking quick sharp thinking and just getting a shot off either with his left feet or what he can do with the outside his right foot. Now you take that get that indecisiveness give when he's in front of the goal and you relate that to the likes of Hatati. You look at Hatati for Jack Amakis's goal. Hatati receives the ball on the break in the centre, right? Now he's turning from his own, he's turning from facing his own goal. He, he, he pirouettes in the middle, gets the ball, he has a quick look at the, at, to the right hand side to see if he's on. And just in a flash, as he if you, I watched the replay, as he's turning to look left, he's literally got a split second vision of Jota making a dart and run. And just as soon as he's went like that and turned, he's fucking spreading the most beautiful ball out to Jota. That's what you need in this team because it's so fast, it's so direct, and it's so mm-hmm. quick on the break. You need to be quick thinking and thinking <clears throat> on the ball. Right, and from that, play, from that play, Jota picked up and he squared it to Giacomacchus and Giacomacchus converted. Um, McGinty, how would you sum up Giacomacchus' performance today? Because right after that goal, he got taken off. Um, not as... Not as entertaining as the last two games. He was a bit quieter, I would say, but I think I think that's maybe down to the fact that he was called offside at least two or three times, and at least two or three times wrongly at, at points. Uh, Jot was called offside wrongly as well. So I think he was unlucky not to get a goal a little bit sooner, and that probably kind of highlighted the game overall, that we were just kind of like there but not there. Um, first half, he didn't have the support as he's been used to, especially when you consider those two wide men. He started to get that later on in the second half, well, later on in the game in the, in the start of the second half, obviously. And you saw a bit more from him. He deserved his goal overall for the last few games, so I'm happy to see him still playing, happy to see him getting his goal. But yeah, yeah a, a reasonable game, or a, a fair game from him. So be, be, before we go any further, I think we need to kind of rewind just a wee bit because we've just kind of missed it. The the penalty incident in the first half. What penalty uh, incident? I'll let you go with that one, McGinty. Now, I, I think I'll start this one by, by saying in the group chat, obviously, initial looking, I was, I was quite fine saying not a penalty. It looks like it comes off his kind of here for me. So, yeah, it's technically on the arm, but I'm... It's kind of on the chest, on the tip as well at the same time. So it's very close. I thought it would be very harsh to award that. His arm wasn't out. His arm was definitely right down by his side. There's no intention to play it off the arm or anything like that. So I thought it would be extremely harsh to have given that as a penalty. And I'll hold my hands up and it's no it's no kind of real win for Reef Rover. Rover. Oh, fucking hell. It's no win for Reef Rovers for me to say this. But I think them conceding the penalty to us, I think that was equally very harsh. It yes. Was. What about yourself, Gav? So obviously we've got Michael Stewart was in the was in the commentary. He was saying straight away that it was a penalty. You had Chris Sutton, Paul Hartley on the sidelines uh, commentating at halftime. They were saying it was a stonewall penalty uh, against against Carter Vickers. If anybody hasn't seen it, the ball comes in and he kind of almost pushes his chest towards the ball. In the box, obviously, but as he does that, he swivels ever so slightly, and the ball makes contact in between. Uh, and McGinty says he's—I don't think it's quite a tit; it's probably a peck. And his bicep. <laughs> so um, I'm going off my own. Listen, if, if the guy had a tit, then he probably—he shouldn't be playing football. 
But, um, <laughs> men's football, I mean, I'm trying to say he's overweight. No, that he's women can't be playing or any shape like that. Yeah, the one side. Aye. What about yourself, Gav? Did you think it was enough to get a penalty? Ah, it's not a big deal. It's a penalty. Aye, penalty. They should have got a. They should have got a penalty for it, mate. Aye, aye. Um, yeah. But that was a bad. <laughs> yes. that, was a bad that was a bad decision. But as I did, I alluded to. Um, there was a terrible, terrible offside call by the linesman Jack yes. Amak, who put through on goal. Um, and that's what he feeds off of. You know, like th- th- those opportunities and saying that. I don't know if sometimes when he's got too much time to think. That's when he kind of he fluffs it up, but uh, that should have been uh, um, he should have been allowed to to run through and go. The referee, the, the linesman, the truth was too um, uh, trigger happy with that whistle. But we go in at half half time at that point. The weather's still push. We're one 0 up, and at that point, the fans, what fans are there, are starting to kind of get bored and saying, "I wish we didn't even come." But uh, right after half time, uh, Mikey Johnson comes off injured. Um, after like almost 10 minutes and it's one of the ones the same old story but Jota comes on and at that point we're talking about the A team and the B team you know what I mean how superior mm. the, kind of, the, the, the difference the difference between the quality Jota's just a cut above them but not only that he showed the eagerness he wanted to be there he wanted to entertain the fans at one point mm. he, he had like, two men marking him in the corner flag and he managed to evade two of some brilliant footwork and he won a corner for it Jota not only has a class, he's got the right attitude, and he's going to go places, whether it be Parkhead or elsewhere, mate. And that's that's a great comment, mate, because when you look sometimes at some of the players at Celtic, well, football, Celtic, whatever, when they're playing against a team like Rafe Rovers, who's in lower leagues, it's in the cup game, you know, they tend not to, sometimes they tend not to bring the levels that they need to, but you, you see what Jota done today, Jota's come on, uh, from the bench, and he's absolutely ch- he's, he's been part of a couple of players that's changed the game. And he's come on and he's got an assist for the second goal uh, for, for Jackie Marcus, you know. So he's done his job today from the bench and he showed the likes of Johnson and Forrest what they need to do to be a player in this team. And these these guys are the Dana. Um, so it's good that we've got players there that can actually be an impact. And um, McGinty, I know that we always do our stats at the end of um, each game. I, I don't really have any stats prepared for this one, but the one stat that I always I always like to mention is the amount of corners that we get every game. And today we actually scored from a corner. Uh, it might have been Jota who played it in, but Ralston rose up. He headed it towards goal, and Maida um, headed it on, and the keeper made like a, a flash save. And yeah, that, um, was a, that, that was a corner for a bad gaff. Bada, all oh, right. So Abada plays it in. Rousen rises first. Um, Maida gets the, the header, it comes off the keeper, and then he converts it again. So, hallelujah. But we're scoring from corners, eh? Not mm. bad, mate. Aye, you, you want to see a varied amount of goals. And I think we do see that quite often, especially who's scoring goals player-wise. But it's good to see us actually get a set-piece goal for once that's not a penalty. Even apparently we had to take two two bites of that cherry, didn't we? Even if we got the penalty, like, I know everybody's question was who the fuck's going to take it. You know what? At that point, beat on captain. Fair enough. Mate, I, 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 yeah. I, I didn't even see the penalty. Somebody had phoned me, and obviously it was three 0 So I thought, right, I've got time to answer this. Nothing's, nothing's going to happen. And uh, and the next minute, I get the the fucking the buzz on the phone, notification, flash score penalty, fucking one. But, um, there's there's um. There's Minty adding into the Ange Post to Coglu comments again. So a bit more on Ange. 
He was asked how he felt about where the team is in terms of his expectations, and he said nowhere near. Then he said, based on the first half, it's clear we still have a lot of work to do. Well, I think I, I think that's obviously what he's talking about in terms of his, his squad as a whole. He's clearly got in players that he thinks can, you know, be in the first team, but maybe there's guys there that he's still given a chance to, i.e. Johnson, Forrest, and they're still no coming up to their levels that's required, and that's why they're no they're not even breaking into the first team, you know, because we've seen we've seen this for Ange. If a player plays well, then he'll continue to play him. Forrest isn't getting game time. Johnson certainly isn't getting game time, you know. Aye. Um, right, okay, okay. The, yeah, the, the, the Forrest question begins. I'm going to just throw it to you. Is it the end of the line for James Forrest? Under, for as long as Ange Postacol who's at Celtic Park, yeah. Uh, I don't think, I don't think he's quite there as he used to be. He, he's lost something. Is it confidence? Is it just a little bit of edge? He's he's just not got something that fits the Ange system. So for as long as Ange is at Celtic, I don't think Forrest is going to get much game time. I think it would be best for Forrest in that sense, probably to move on. Um, what do you see? He's thirty-one now. We expect and hope that Ange is going to be here for three years at least doing what he's doing just now, and we see progression. By that point, Forrest is going to be 34, not getting much game time for two or three years. It's in Forrest's best interest to move on, I reckon. So, yeah, through gritty teeth, I want to say it's getting near the end of the line for him, unfortunately, because he's been a great servant for Celtic. Nobody can take anything away from him. The goals that he's scored for Celtic over the last, what, 12, 13 years, unbelievable. Paddy, the right forward position at the moment is a bad is but if you judge it over the length of this season so far, Abada has been hot and cold, right now he's hot but he has been taken out of the team eventually when he has been uh, cold so for a line graph, I know you love your line graphs he's been up and down, up and down, whereas Forrest has just been kind of flat line I've said it before Gav, I think this is definitely Forrest's last season uh, I think he should go at the end of the season but I think he's still a player who can be brought, it can be useful, you know, at times. Like we brought him on at the semi finals and he fired us into the final, like that. There's still obviously attributes here that we can use, but he's certainly not good enough to be a, a, a big time player for us anymore. You know, we've got the, the, the game's changed. Forrest is obviously getting older, he's lost a yard of pace as far as I'm concerned, maybe two yards. He's no offering anything when he cuts inside and he's no effective on the left-hand side. So we need rotation. So we've got guys like um, Abada who can play in the right. We've got Maeda who can play in the right. We've got Jota who can play in the right. We've got uh, Kyogo who could potentially play on the right. We've got Ben Doak who's there and he's been he's been brought into the fold as well. Do you know what I mean? And all of those players that I've mentioned, Gav, they can all play in the left-hand side or not. Do you know what I mean? So we've got interchanging forwards. The only one that's a static guy is Jackie Marcus because he's a he's a central player. But that's good because we need that kind of option with a guy that's a, a, a physical outlet. And the guy has put in a great shift the last few weeks as far as I'm concerned. The goals have the came as much as we thought, but the guy's work rate has been top-notch. As I say, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he got his goal today because he deserved it. I'm sure you said that to be the day as well, McGinty, um, at some point. So it's, it's good that we have got options, but I think that we could possibly do with another out-and-out out right winger 
or a right forward, well, if it, whatever way you want to see it. I think, I think probably likely, likely about that in the summer. Right. I'm going to throw it out there and do my usual. Uh, we can Moko Dembele deserves a wee shot at some point, and I know <laughs> Andrew's you're came out. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely obsessed with this I'm, week. I'm a, yeah. You know, you know, it's no, uh, big brother. It's big, bro- big brother. Um, scored like a, a last minute winner for for Bournemouth at the weekend. Good on it. Is he still um, for Peter Bracker? No, Bournemouth. Angie's comments was it today or yesterday regarding Cameron Cole just having a couple of weeks setbacks, maybe try to put him into the B squad to try and get his, his kind of game time up. I think that's maybe for me, hopefully, acknowledging that he needs game time regular minutes in his legs, and he probably can't afford that to guys like Dembele, even Doke. He can't get regular long-term minutes every week or twice a week sort of thing, whereas if you put them into the B squad for a month or two, maybe you will, <clears throat> or even just a couple of weeks. But for me personally, and I know people are going to be shouting about this one, I would be looking at a badder to try and cement that down, try and get his, his, his hot patch to be consistent and take that role into next season and get them barely to basically be taken over from Forrest as a Big change and a big transition, but I'd be excited to see that. Yeah, I, 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 I know you would love to see that, mate, but I, honestly, I can't see that happen. I just, me personally, I've thought this for the last couple of years. I just think, and, I've no, and I'm no judging this on anything, I don't have any background information or whatever. I just think that Dembele is probably a wee wank. Uh, a big, uh, even, <laughs> though he's about, even though he's about five foot two, he's probably walking about like fucking. Big I think, challenge, you know what I mean? Because all I that exposure, I, I, I know, I know, but the, you've got to think a reason why he's not getting games, and I know he's had injury in that. But well, if he's we that, know if, the reason if, why he's not getting games. Injury is one. I, this I, season, and I, before that, he was 16, 17, going on eighteen under Neil Lennon, who we Mikey, all Mikey, happily admit was an Mikey George, Mikey George has been perennially injured or not, and he's fucking getting game time. He's shy. I, the belly's supposed to be the next best thing, and we're not playing. Of course, yes, why, is John, so why is that? Why is that? He's only 18. Which he's been 18 only 18 for one coming 18 and 9 days' time. So ben he's been 16. Ben exactly, 16. He's, played what, he's played about 16 minutes. But then belly for this season has been injured, so we can't we can't moan about him not getting game time this year. He was getting it in pre-season, he was looking good in the Ange system early on. The two years previous to that, when he was 16 and 17, he was playing under Neil Lennon. And I'll tell you what Neil Lennon's attitude to young players who want to try and have a go and want to chap at the door. What does Neil Lennon say? He says, fuck off. I, but I would tell Mickey Johnson to fuck off, I know. Well, right. I wouldn't know. That's, that's, that's a fair <laughs> comment. But <laughs> the, 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 the idea of bad attitude for Dembele seems to be coming from the fact that he's been chapping at the door at Neil Lennon demand, demanding to play. When, when you look at the seasons that Lennon was having and the shite that we're getting served up, you're a hot talent. Of course you're going to want to play. And yet, Neil Lennon's not playing you. I'd be pissed off as well. But funnily enough, he's not actually pushed for a move yet. He's not signed a pre-contract with any other teams. Although, for the last five years, he's been linked with pr- practically every big club in Europe. He's not pushed it, actually. I think it's really harsh to be saying that he's got a bad, bad attitude when he doesn't. When we've no proof of it, uh, wait, wait, exactly. But you've no proof of it, but you're saying it's harsh, so you don't know that that's the case. 
Okay, okay. On you know, true I'm a straight footballer, but you know, I am. I, 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 I could just tell. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> on the Dembele situation, I don't know if my motivation behind saying this is because I just want to see you get wound up, McGinty. But I would say that if, if um, Karamoko Dembele is fit and he needs game time, I think it's quite telling that he's not been given game time ahead of the likes of Ben Doak, but he's dropping he's down. No, 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 he's not. He's fit now, okay. But anyway, no, no, he's, he's had setbacks. He's only been back in training in the last two weeks. Okay, okay. So he's going down training. to the beach to get some game time. Presumably, that's what Andrew is trying to think of. Okay, I think it's quite telling because if you're good enough, you're uh, sorry. If you're old enough, uh, what what's that phrase? If you're good enough, you're old enough. So I think if he's getting up to fitness with the in the training, the training with the first team at that point, if Andrew wants to give him his break. Then let, actually put him on the bench. But the fact he's going down to the B team, it tells me that you can go to the crash while the big boys go out and do their work. That's what I think that is. I don't think he's good. I, I can I see that. I, I can see that. And definitely, um, if, if you're willing to give him the time, and I think Andrew's definitely a guy who would be echoing those comments of, you know, you're good enough, you're old enough. I just think that maybe he's, he's looking at understanding that to get him up to speed quickly, he might have to go down to to be team squad because to give him the minutes that he's going to need to get up to speed quickly would mean dropping a badder and we're not going to do that so it would make some sense to send him to the b squad this is literally what we wanted the b squad for to get people who are in long-term injuries returning as quick as possible by playing some good uh, good minutes in their legs i disagree with the motivations of the b team for that but i don't want to make it all about Dembele and I kind of I pile on about about, about well, that. Talk talk about talk about the V team, Gav. I'll just dive into some of the comments again. So your man Joseph Agnew has posted in a wee bit a while ago. Hail, hail, boys! First half rotten. B team, as you said, they train. You would think with the first team what we all saw. First half shocking. Carter Vickers had a bad passing game too. Uh, and another one there. Hail, hail, Forrest rotten. Can't keep going on about the past today. He did nothing. Absolutely, it was a great player in the past, but we're not in the past anymore. Obviously, uh, Minty, there's somebody that agrees with uh, McGinty. I'd give Dembele a go too. We all know he has talent. Well, aye. Um, what do you think about Rogic tonight? Do you think Rogic was a bit, wee bit off the pace? Aye, but listen, you, you can't expect the guy to be brilliant every single game, you know what I mean? He was still, he was still trying to kill our balls and that, but. Sometimes it just doesn't pay off. But it, it, his, his application is good and he tries, so... Aye. Aye. The main thing is, it's a cup competition and we're through the next round. So apparently, apparently, and, and the other thing is, Julian made his uh, long-awaited return. That's great. That is really good. And we got fucking four goals. Hatate get a goal. No, sorry. Um, Maida get a goal and Jack and Marcus get a goal. You want your strikers to score goals. Um, so the, the, the draws are going to be tomorrow night. Is that what, what the word is? Aye, uh, and just to, uh, there's, there's a wee uh, Rangers person done a wee comment there. I'm not going to show up. but Man, I wouldn't it, give it this I, 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 But just because he's done that, he's actually reminded me, uh, today, obviously, Celtic won 4-0 against Ruth Rovers, progressed to the semi-final. But not only did Celtic do that, the Celtic women fucked the Rangers women in 2-1. <laughs> Get it up, you. The ladies are into the semi-final too. The ladies have given us another semi. Thank you. You know what today is also? What? Sunday? The eve of a certain anniversary tomorrow. 
Uh, how far are we going back? Uh, probably about 11 years. Yeah. Just going to leave that there. Well, it's Celtic and Rangers game. Oh, oh whenever, whenever they died. There we go. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I need, sorry, guys. I need to bring this one up. It's a lovely comment. Thank you very much. Uh, Sarah Jane Coffee, Paddy, you and Dale are the best Celtic podcasters out there. You both make me moist. Hail, hail from Blackpool. Uh, thanks, Sarah Jane. Who, who, who gave Paddy control here? Uh, I, I don't know, but thank you very much. My wife watches this sometimes, so I'm probably going to end up getting stabbed or something. Uh, but I listen. Happy, happy liquidation day. One of the greatest. One of the greatest fucking periods. I always remember it. When I heard it on uh, Valentine's Day, I was uh, I was actually in Brighton. I was walking through Brighton and it came through and I seen it on a telly and I seen Jim White greeting and I thought, do you know what? This is a great, great occasion. So I get it up, these, you deep bastards. Is Jim White actually greeting? Yes, crying. Really? Bubbling. That's brilliant, man. That was great. Aye. Uh, right, okay, so next game, uh, Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I would imagine, I don't know, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and that will probably be on BT Sport for Celtic and Voodoo. Voodoo Glimpse, it's not Bodo, it's Voodoo Glimpse. Uh, 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 Voodoo. Is that how you say it? Uh, I don't know. That's how you've saying I, it. I, 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 I know. I trust him. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to start changing my accent halfway through it, Gav, so I just continued on with Bodo, and he's like, oh, Voodoo, Voodoo Glimpse. Like, Paddy, one thing that you did say is you you used the word asshole. I don't know if it was on our podcast or his podcast. You used the word asshole. Aye, and, I sounded, aye. and you know what? See, after I said it, I thought you're a dick, man. I sounded like Steve McLaren. I was like, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, hang your heads, hang your heads, mate. Right, okay, so uh, to the viewers, thank you very much for watching. Please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you've not already done so, watch the, the Bodo Glimp podcast, the previous episode. And that'll give you the lowdown of what to expect. Apparently, they're quite a good team. So, aye. Um, any final thoughts for you guys before we wrap up for this evening? Just the usual. Glad to be here. Glad to do the podcast, especially after a win. Um, long may this continue. On to the next round. Aye. Um, absolutely delighted to be in another semi. That's us still in the hunt for a treble. So, quadruple. days. What? Good point, McGinty. Quadruple. Quadruple. How? Europa Conference sexy. All right, aye, aye, all right. (laughs) Domestic treble one. Um, Aye, listen, it's it's great. It's great that, well, we've still got the manager going radio on the sideline, demanding fucking better quality. You know what I mean? Even when, you know, technically, it was still on Comfortable Street. So that's good that he doesn't accept that and he's wanting the best all the time. So, brilliant. Excellent. And I guess, I guess probably, if you uh, might agree with me, the headlines tomorrow is going to be on Possible Cogley comments there that um, we're nowhere near good enough. Probably, aye. Uh, you would think so, aye. Aye, aye. There'll be a, the usual media out, outcry about the non-penalty given for Carter Vickers, but yeah, the, the secondary headlines would be and raging. Because he doesn't really get much away in the, the, confer- the press conferences, but I think that's uh, aye. Uh, that's a bit of chicken feed for them anyway. Right, okay, so guys, we'll uh, wrap up for tonight, but looking forward to the Thursday game. And uh, aye, have you guys got a prediction for the Thursday night game? Um, I don't, but there was one in here. I'm going to try and find it before we go. I'd go with a, a comfortable 2-0 win. I'll be happy with that. 
What I found quite interesting from the Nicholas from Bodo Glimt, he said that even if it's 2-0, even 3-0 at Parkhead, he's still quite confident that they can turn us over um, at the in the Northern Arctic Circle, which is quite fucking worrying, man. It's going to be fucking cold up there. After the tough, man, freezing cold, and you've got a small capacity stadium, and they're all going to be singing to the afters, eye. So... Aye, well, as, as, as we know, Gav, they're, they're, they're still sitting in their, what, what did they call it, uh, after-season camps or something like that, Aye, aye, they're in Spain, uh, right? Aye, so, so if, if anybody's not seen the, the last podcast we did, I know there's a few guys logging on there now, uh, me and Gav did uh, a pod with the Voodoo Glimt uh, employee, Nicholas uh, Johnson. So he's basically giving us the lowdown on all things Bodo team. So if anybody wants to get a glimpse into how these guys operate, how they play, what their philosophy is, what the approach is and how they think they're going to play against us, go and have a wee look on the last video. But just uh, to kind of briefly touch on it, they've not played since I think it was December and the league, the league finished. They're in a pre-season camp in Spain and they're probably going to be suffering from perhaps a wee bit of rustiness, which is good for us, obviously. But not to be... Not to be um, disrespected to think that we can go over there and be a cakewalk because it's a artificial pitch, the weather's going to be hoaching and it's, they're a team that's did, did really, really well over the last couple of years, so aye, hopefully a good game and here we go And don't forget the fucking polar bears as well What? Don't forget the fucking polar bears Aye, but they've got lovely teeth with their big toothbrushes <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, to the viewers, we're going to stop talking shite. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday night. So, oh no, in fact, we'll probably do the roundup on Tuesday, of course. Forget about that one. Are we going to go for it Tuesday? Are we going to go for the, the big one? McGinty, are you, are you available? Um, I'm not sure. Probably unlikely. I'm doing um, oh. odd odd shift patterns. Oh, you can keep the great golden comments I'm, for another I'm, day. Mate, I'm, I'm desperate to do this uh, Unsung Heroes episode with you. Because I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be a wee bit fiery eh, between me and you. Just, just, just that, that one position, just that one. Position. <laughs> uh, just last, last comment of the night. Um, since it's a nice day tomorrow, uh, Celtic boy and the polar bears pay their tax. Absolutely, well done for them. Right, everyone enjoy their Valentine's tomorrow. All right, all the best. Right. I hope you get, hope you get lucky. All right, and hopefully you don't have a, You're hopefully right. you don't have a Wayne Pop Newton in November. <laughs> Wrap up. It's cold outside and it's warm inside too. Wrap up. Good night. Good night. Here, here.